Hello and welcome to a Mind Matters podcast presented by A Light for Change, where we talk about the who, what, where, how, and why we as a community can make positive changes. The when is up to all of us, and it starts with you. Before we get started, let's get into a positive zone, and I'll share my thoughts on a question from Graduate Thrivers Past Cards, Positive Attitude Zone. The card drawn is yellow for forethought, and the question is, what would you like to do better? I would like to manage my time better. I'm very driven and focused when I want to be and tend to get lost in a project, often cramming too much into an hour or neglecting self-care and leisure to accomplish things. It would be nice to have some regularity to my schedule, a time for my kids, a time for my hubby, a time for my friends, a time for work, three times to eat, a time for my projects, and time for me over and above getting enough sleep. This is season two, the role we play, episode 14. Expose who you are and advocate for all parts of yourself as one. Most people today would say you can't trust people with who you are and you should share as little as possible with necessity being the only reason to let someone in. The thing is, when you lock yourself away, To present only the shell of your armor, you allow yourself to feel unseen, unheard, and alone, like you're walking robotically through a fog. When you advocate for yourself, exposed without your armor, you must understand your worthiness, controlled disclosure, and how to be true to yourself. In the end, there is only self to hold responsible for the life we live. People come and go, but you cannot leave yourself until death. So you may as well make the journey of life enjoyable being who you are. What does it mean to be worthy? How does one know they are worthy of something? Worth is an indicator of value. You must value yourself and know the value of sharing that you. And you will see how you are worthy to stand up for what you believe in, to have your needs met, and for your voice to count. We all have the right to enjoy life, to have our needs addressed, and to fulfill our unique purpose creatively. Society has created a generalized concept of what happiness looks like, and that entices humanity to drive towards capitalist goals, but negates the subjectivity of happiness, wherein we are all worthy of being happy. All character types are needed to allow things to flow with ease in life. So why should one character be less deserving of happiness than the other? The fact of the matter is that despite an ideal in our united consciousness, the onus is on us to want to be happy. You have the right to choose to be happy by societal norms or your own variation. Every choice is our own to make. Others can only influence our choice. If you feel something will bring you a sense of joy, that is a signal from your mind to explore the concept. But not everything in life will give you that sense the same as it does for others. Almost everyone is into technology and gaming these days, and few are into literature and research. But I don't fit that bill. I make use of technology to ease my efforts, but I find joy in filling my mind with understanding educated and spiritual folks previous studies. I am a blue-collar member of society, 
So to many, I am not worthy of the happiness I delight in. I should be content finding joy as my peers do in mind-numbing fun. There is no global scale to say who deserves what amount of happiness based on what criteria, except for the inaccurate readings based on the totals in our bank accounts. But the feelings your emotions give you are undoubtedly a personal scale. You can use that personal scale of emotional ranking to help you choose to be happy. I am often sad on gloomy rainy days, like most of us. But I don't think that means that when the sun is hiding, we are not worthy of being happy that day. Rain is not in our control, but how we view the rain is controllable. Rain is life-giving for all those other beautiful things that bring us joy, like colorful flowers and breathing trees. Rain is nature bringing the ocean to the land locked and sculpting the landscape into art. Sometimes feeling sad just because it's rainy or your brain is telling is your brain telling you to reflect on happiness and whether it is present in your life. Rainy days remind me of the two most important angels in my life. Missing them is a big reason I'm not happy sometimes. While I reflect on missing them, staring at the rain falling on the window, I realize that everything I am reminiscing on made me happy, and so it still does. I will always hold these memories, and that makes me happy. So I thank the rain. You see, despite having little money and a lot of pain, I am worthy worthy of choosing to see life with happiness, and so are you. If you find you are not happy, you have the right to change things. It might not be easy, though. If you are miserable at work, take the steps to find a new way to productively earn. Anything and everything revolves around how it makes you feel. Relationships, parenting, interests and hobbies, learning, you name it. You have the right to choose towards your happiness. I just warn that you do so with respectful consideration of the impact to others and the future you while being prepared to own your choices and consequences. You know yourself best, so no one knows better what you need than you. Most people will instantly say, I need money, thinking it will solve their problems. But it rarely does, as it is a societally formatted automatic response. If you really think about it, a much more obvious and truer to what you need answer will arise. Generally, what we need is to be able to improve a personal skill or understanding, but we need to advocate it, advocate for it by asking others to comply with our journey to achieving it. When you're thinking a little deeper about what you need, it is still very likely you will not be focused on yourself and will need to adjust some more. Typical responses include things like, I need my kids to be less spoiled my husband less selfish, my boss more tolerable, my friends more understanding. And so forth. I practice what I preach, and there are still moments I say things like this. Digging deeper is asking yourself how you can make those externalized needs a reality. Ask yourself why your children are acting so spoiled or partner so selfish. Maybe you say yes all the time and don't really require them to give you respect. What you need in this situation is to learn the boundaries of not until you or simply holding your ground with no. 
I struggle with this because hurting my family's feelings makes me unhappy. <coughs> Sorry. Sorry. <coughs> I advocate for their support by reminding them my choices are to ensure we have balanced budget of time and money. What you need is personal, but you advocate for it by aligning others to the reason for that need. I had a hard time when I went back to work afflicted with PTSD, but my boss was only concerned with productivity. It took me a bit, but eventually I found a way to remind my boss that by amicably meeting my needs, I would be a highly productive employee and backed up my statement with action once granted a trial. Communication is key in advocacy, as often it is a trial and error finding the right resources and methods to meet your needs. You must adjust your perspective to creatively attain your assets in life. Very few aspects of life are in our control, and each one of us has a unique set of responsibilities, ambitions, and rules, so it makes sense that advocating for yourself seems next to impossible for some people. One of my favorite examples of creative thinking and advocating with disclosure was when I worked with a friend who was very, <coughs> pardon me, I'm recording this on a day I'm homesick. He was very upset about not being able to provide activities for his son. When we got started discussing the issue, he was at his wit's end trying to make enough money to do it all, hating doing it, and still not being able to put his son in the activity. After discussing the details as what, why, cost, and goals of the whole mess, we were able to get a creative and find a way. He wanted to put his son in archery because they watched a show and he seemed so interested. So he picked a local club, but it was going to cost $200 a month, which he didn't have. <clears throat> he had already tried making more money, but all that was doing <clears throat> was costing him more time away with different expenses to add on. <clears throat> we talked about why his son wanted archery, which he had no real answer for. Not knowing if his son would like archery led me to ask if he wanted to invite his son to try some target practice of a different sort with me. First, we went to an axe throwing place, and the son both loved and was rather good at aiming. Then we went out for a picnic and discussed how involved the son would like to be with the sport. The answer shocked his dad for sure, being, I, want, I just want to spend more time with dad, so however much he can do. Together, we decided to build a range out of random stuff around our houses in the backyards and use water pistols from the dollar store to practice hitting the targets. I moved along from the problem after that, but I checked in to hear the dad had got them each bows for the holidays, upgraded the random items to plywood targets, and they practiced together a few times a week at least. By advocating to me his goals and his son advocating to him for his time, everyone was able to come up with a solution that met all their needs, made them both joyous, and really didn't cost much. In fact, the dad doesn't have 
a second job anymore, and he is a DIY superstar now. Our role in life is to see the worth of a person, even when they don't, to want to ensure all our needs are met so we can each ooze value in our every action or reaction. When I was younger, I found a few quotes I liked part of and mashed them together. I no longer know who wrote what part, but the words of many became, be bold enough to use your voice, brave enough to listen to your heart, strong enough to live the life you always imagined, wise enough to be on your own side, confident enough to give supportive credence to vulnerability, compassionate enough to recognize the needs, and driven enough to find a solution. No one else can stand for you as well as you can. Give the world a taste of your authentic voice. Each authentic voice has something different they need to stand for to permit themselves joy in life, which will at times create a conflict of interest. The strongest way to vocalize isn't to throw your voice at a brick wall, but to let it seep in slowly, like rain absorbing into a concrete slab. You are one of a kind, so you should handle yourself with care. Tease the world with your very existence and realize how valuable you are to others. If you walk into a staunch faith building as a carefree, modern, colorfully expressive person, you will certainly get hit with plenty of negative judgment because you just smacked their faces with contradiction. You had reason to walk in there in search of fulfilling a need. So a form of acceptance is needed for this to be achieved. Without denying your authenticity, you must control how much of yourself you present, giving them a chance to accept before adding on another layer for them to digest. Humans are beautifully fragile, like a Fabergé egg, to be kept cautiously shining for all to admire. If you allow yourself to be played with by everyone, in time, you will have dents, cracks, and missing pieces that make it harder to be your authentic self. If this, I have this problem in relationships, always giving myself as a gift to my partner without considering how they will care for that gift. At first, they enjoyed me every day, discovering just how many ways they can make use of such a wonderful gift, realizing my value. They used me for everything until all my parts were worn down. Once broken, I was worthless to them. A rare, shattered item, forgotten on a shelf until dusted off by a collector to shine again. I learned that if you give them the whole thing, there is nothing more to want. Give little bits at a time and keep them wanting more. You see, it wasn't just lovers, but all relationships I gave my all to. In time, almost no one saw me under what I could offer. I was taken advantage of for my presence, my time, money, beauty, voice, assets, and my nice nature. My eldest son and husband saw exactly how the saying, nice guys finish last, came about. My example to them made the darkness of the world more present in the shadows beyond the light of our house. They taught me the value of boundaries like security levels. Everyone gets access to the ground floor of Heidi, which has two departments, confidence and compassion. But you must earn access to the levels above, which are kindness, communication, 
happiness, wonder, experience, selflessness, intelligence, passion, trust, commitment, drive, ambition, and understanding. Only a handful have access to read my whole book of life. Those who passed all my little test of character along our journal journey traveling together. Where would they be without you? Asking this should help you realize your value to someone. We are built both to survive on our own and thrive with connection, but are left to decide when it's best to connect and when to move on alone. You must ask yourself what benefit comes of sharing and choose to disclose or omit, not lie. I have lived many lifestyles and am proud of all of them for different reasons, but also have aspects to be judged from them each as well. I have dabbled in becoming educated in many fields, but never earned a focus. I have been a dancer and met many people, but learned the most from those I met as an exotic one. I live holistically, but learned to do so through overcoming addiction. You see, I am a conundrum full of opposites to embrace, wild and calm, extroverted and antisocial, elaborative and plain, creative but calculating. I am not afraid to disclose parts of my life to give credibility to my understanding as expressed, but I don't necessarily give all the details. I will probably only say I met a lot of people through dance, to most people, but have often called on my days as a stripper to exemplify the idea that communication and attention are the no-fail ways to mend a relationship based on my experience of having clients that wanted just that. I also call on those experiences to explain exploring your nature, gaining strength and control over your safety behaviors, and withstanding the influence of lifestyle. People assume when I speak, I am educated, so I admit the fact that I have no papers to prove what I studied and learned from real life experiences, unless how I became wise with such diversity or why I don't work in a field suited to my knowledge base is brought up. It is our role in life to choose what, when, where, why, and how we reveal ourselves to the world, projecting our fragile minds and testing our tough exteriors, aiming towards the best life we can imagine for ourselves, while learning more about ourselves as we go. Seldom, very seldom, does complete truth belong to any human disclosure. Seldom can it happen that something is not a little disguised or a little mistaken, but where, as in this case, through the conduct, though the conduct is mistaken, the feelings are not. It may not be very material, is a perfect quote from Jane Austen's book, Emma. It all boils down to disclosing yourself appropriately, to push yourself towards the authentic growth path. Bring true to who you are is at the root of every choice you make, every way you express yourself, and every lesson you encounter in life. Advocacy is about being true to yourself, not being demanding for power. Think of all the commercials and sales pitches you've seen. 
Were you able to tell who believed in their product and who didn't? When something is a truth to your belief, it is inspirational, but only the person can decide if it is a truth to them. Many people advocate for their faith because it is a truth to them, but then demonize the truths of others. The same reflects in social life, politics, every aspect of living together as well. You know what you need to be happy, healthy, and successful. You will feel it in your heart, your mind, and hold on to it like it is precious. <clears throat> the hard lessons I learned as a child about peers not accepting the authentic you sent me on a growth lesson that saw me conform to the ways of society. I became very successful, but it wasn't my truth. I saw the hurt others felt by our deeds. I saw the lies under the surface of everyone's A-side presentations. I just didn't fit in. I might have had people out of hand. And all the things I could have, I, I might have had people eating out of my hand and all the things I could ask for, but I hated who I was and wanted so badly to be happy. Sometimes it is a journey to find our truth. Mine had a bunch of painful lessons to grow from. But when you find it, you know. We advocate that feeling. It feels wrong. If it feels wrong, it is not your fight. But if it feels right, sing it from the tops of mountains. After all, people come and go. And in the end, it is only you who will always have been in your life. Why shouldn't you live it for you? From the womb to the tomb, no one lives the exact same life. Even those in it for long periods as family see the experience, rarely see the experience the way you did. Family life is full of different experiences. They have their own perspectives, which means that they will express themselves in ways that may influence you, but you get to choose if you allow it to be a voice in your head or not, and how it impacts your choices going forward. As a child, my dad was always encouraging me to try new things and reminded me I could become anything I was dedicated to becoming. So when he told me I had many, many talents, but singing wasn't one of them, I took it to heart. However, I love to sing. I connect with the words of a song, and I find music very calming. I could have done like every other thing he supported me in and learned how to sing with practice, but I didn't choose to repress this joy. It wasn't until I was older that I realized that his perspectives was as a nurturing parent of a child with high potential, mixed with creative wonder, that gave him a truth. It was his responsibility to point me towards a successful future, not thinking about the joys the little things would bring me. I am often baffled by the medical field, but it is here that we must advocate for ourselves. If your knee hurts, it hurts. Even, one, even if one test shows nothing, you must continue to say it hurts until the case is found. If you prefer a holistic approach, you must tell the doctors because they are trained to provide you with something scientific over a home remedy, despite the effectiveness of the remedy. In fact, many people would laugh at a doctor who just said, throw a used tea bag on a sty. The thing is, if you don't say it, they won't know it. It is scary when we don't know what to say to someone, when we fear how another might take what we have to say, or when we are uncertain of how our own thoughts and perspectives affect it. 
but we don't have to wait to speak until we have it all figured out. It's okay to say you are uncertain, but think it should be discussed. I am an emotional warrior, a smiling survivor, apt at living with emotional hygiene and daily practice, but that makes it hard for people to fathom the pain that affects my mind from post-traumatic depression. It is difficult for others to understand the times when I don't have time for them because I just need to be alone in reflection at home or when I can't make it to a party because my week already drew more energy than my tasks could hold. My tanks, sorry. Even how I spend my time dedicated to my message with social interactions drain me so much. If I don't tell them that I live with my pain like it is a gift, not a burden, but it still hurts. They think I'm healed. But because I explain understanding of my truth, it helps them to gain an understanding as well. I struggle to handle a nine to five job since my breakdown, not because I'm lazy, but because my mind views those eight hours as being trapped away from my children even when they are at school or sleeping. I struggle to keep my focus for eight hours with my, a mind that thinks of the task, my son, my children, what happened in my day, what's happening tomorrow, how many people at work might be contemplating their life, how I can help others not want to choose to take their life, why humans are so miserable, is my partner happy, am I doing my job right, should I be doing something else with my life? It's like fireworks blasting through my thoughts. There's just so many going off at once. There are several reasons why I choose that I should alter my focus, but when I was still entertaining the idea of being productive in the standard way approved by society, I was more productive when my peers understood my reasoning. It is our role in life to speak our truths and stay true to our own well-being while also understanding others have the same rights. By communicating we will understand each other. All advocacy is at its core an exercise in empathy, according to Samantha Powers. Share empathy with others as you would have given to you and recognize the value of advocating for what is right moving forward and feel confident to disclose how the past brought you to this understanding. Each of our voices is important and has value. We learn and grow the human consciousness when we teach each other what it means to experience a life filled with joy. When you advocate and disclose for self, you inspire the same freedom in others. When we all speak in turn, we can visualize the whole picture. Only then will we know the elephant doesn't have a rope for a tail, trees for legs, a boulder for a body, and so forth. If you could, if you would recall the Indian parable of the blind man and the elephant introduced in Western culture by John Jeffrey Sachs. We must feel a sense of worthiness to be happy, knowing we lived the life we must have to learn our authentic purpose, allowing for controlled disclosure, and be true to self when choosing how to express yourself in life, in any occasion, for any moment. It is our role in life to advocate for how our own well-being, disclosing what we must of ourselves to do so, while advocating the right that others may do the same, no matter what they personally advocate for. If your truths don't align 
it is everyone's role to go on your many merry way, living and let live. Your voice is your greatest tool as a light for change. We must stand for what matters if we truly want to be alive. To paraphrase Martin Luther King's quote. As I leave you to think on this topic, I challenge you to think about this mindfulness exercise until then as well. Reflect on your life as far back as you feel and contemplate how put how you put yourself out there in the world. Do you compare yourself to and reveal only what is in line with societal norms or expectations? If you could live without fear of judgment, how would you present yourself to the world? How can you gain the confidence to show the world how it needs you to be your true self? I will close the conversation by drawing another card from the Positive Attitude Zone. Prad's cards for short. The question will be the opening question for next episode. The card drawn is yellow for forethought. And the question is, next time you have a free day, what would you like to do? We'll get to that next week, but in the meantime, you can get your past cards, Positive Attitude Zone, at graduatethrivers.com. That's spelled capital G, small r-a-d, capital U, small i-t, capital T, small h-r-i-v-e-r-s.com. Stay wonderful, wholesome, happy, open-minded, and natural, smiling as much as you can. Take care until we talk again. This has been Heidi Hardy on the Mind Matters Podcast, created by A Light for Change.